Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dominic Grimaldi here with Street Talk Theology, where we take theology and we bring it to the streets. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Always good to be here flying solo today. And the reason I'm flying solo is because this show right here starts our fourth season on Grace 91.1 FM. And it's an honor to be part of Grace, an honor to do the shows for a fourth season. But also, we are a member of the Christian podcast community. And that's a community of podcasters that uh, I believe are all sound uh, uh, biblical in their theology, but there's also practical things in there. And it's a, it's, it's a great way to connect with, with podcasters. So we actually, again, we do radio here on 91.1, and we also podcast these shows on the Christian podcast community. So as we start our fourth season, I just want to just talk a little bit to you guys uh, here as we, this will be the first show, but we do have somebody coming up and I, and you don't want to miss this. Uh, we have a author named Eric Johnson who wrote a book called introducing Christianity to Mormons, a practical and comparative guide to what the Bible teaches. Eric will be with me sometime next week. And we will do a two or three part show on that book. It's a must listen. It's a must book to have. You know, I, I started reading the book. It's it's interesting. It's practical. It's theological. But it's, it's just a, a good mixture of theology, but practicality in dealing with, with Mormons. And as we know, Mormons are not Christians. I think it'll be a good show. Again, we'll have uh, Pastor Michael Teddy, my co-host, who'll be joining me throughout the fourth season, maybe be able to have Ashuk back uh, also. So we got, uh, I'm excited for the fourth season. Hope you are. Pastor Grimaldi at Gmail, give me a shout out anytime you want. Again, this is an honor for um, me to do this, not only here on Grace 91, but also in the Christian podcast community. You know, I've been preaching, well, I think I've been in First Samuel now for about 40 weeks. And I think this week, as I'm, uh, I'm in the 23rd chapter of Samuel, 1 Samuel, and don't know if I'm going to go through 2 Samuel, still debating on that. Uh, Got to, you know, ask the Lord on where I need to go after that. But I was thinking about Samuel. You, so you got, uh, you got Samuel, you got David, you got Saul, you got Jonathan. Those are the main players. And, and let me reiterate that. I was thinking about David and I was thinking about Jonathan. And, you know, Jonathan realized, as we know, that the kingdom was going to be removed from Saul's hand. And there's just a couple of things about 1 Samuel that are really puzzling theologically. Now, Saul was told by Samuel that the kingdom is going to be ripped out of your hands. You are no longer going to be the king. But Saul is deceived, and then that's 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 a 
kind of a scary element, if I may. He's deceived in the fact that even though the prophet tells him the kingdom's going to be ripped from your hands, he still is pursuing David to kill him. Now, we want to look at this full orb. We don't want to just, you know, muse on this and say, well, but on the other hand, God is working because even though the kingship has been ripped from Saul, Saul is still believing he can hold on to this kingship in his own strength. So he's going after David. David, on the other hand, theologically is being shaped to be the true king by God. And God is actually using Saul's deception to strengthen and prepare David to be a king after God's own heart. It's amazing how God is weaving this all together in divine providence. And then we have a, a figure, Jonathan, who obviously we know is Saul's son. He's a prominent figure. And I was thinking the other day, I, I don't know if I was, it was last week I was preaching. And I remember in, in one of the sermons and obviously one of the chapters where Jonathan tells David, I know that the kingdom eventually is going to be yours. I know that my father is going to be pushed out of the kingdom. And something really sad uh, in, in my mind, in my thinking, in my musing, is when Jonathan told David, remember me when you get the kingship. Remember me. Keep me in the game. Let me be part of what you're doing. And then you think about that as you read it, and you know, and we both know, all of us know, we both know, right? We all know that eventually Jonathan would be killed with his father. And I was thinking about how Jonathan wanted to be used in the things of God when David had the kingdom. And again, these are Jonathan's thoughts. He wants to be helpful in the things of God. He wants to get into something God's doing. And David is something that God is doing. He's grooming him for kingship. His father's been rejected. Saul has been rejected as king. We know that. And Jonathan knows that. The only person that doesn't know is Saul. He's deceived. He goes to a witch at the end of his life. So we know that he's got some issues. He's got some psychological issues. Saul's a challenging figure. That's a story for another day. But I want to get back to Jonathan for a second, if I may. I, you know, time runs fast here. I want to go over, give you a couple of book recommendations, if I may. So Jonathan, cutting covenant with David, being by David, being by David's side at every play. Anytime David was discouraged, God providentially brought Jonathan into David's life and never removed David from the training ground, so to speak, from the boot camp, as God was training him to be king. But I want to get back to that point. I want to get back to that point, if I may, that Jonathan wanted to be part of David's team. He wanted to be part of something that David was doing because he knew that David was part of something that God was doing. And he wanted to be part of that. And I was, when I was preaching through that, something hit me. And I thought to myself that God was using Jonathan right where he was at 
he would not use Jonathan later when Jonathan wanted to be used and wanted to be part of David's kingdom because he would never get there. But he was part of David's kingdom because he was the encouragement. He was the straw that mixed the drink, so to speak. He was the one that when David was in the wilderness and dealing with the double-mindedness of Saul and the apprehension of his people, David's people were apprehensive. Jonathan was the, the rock. Jonathan was the one who was part of grooming David for kingship. And it's funny how sometimes we can see us in one aspect of ministry and say, Lord, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to be someday. When we have to realize that God may be using us right where we are today. Now, and I don't, I'm not trying to be like, you know, Joe Profound here. I'm, I'm not saying that. But don't despise the day of small things. Don't do that. Because Jonathan was really, at that time, in David's life, second in command. And he honored that position. He was David's eyes. He was David's ears. He would allow David to be privy of what Saul was doing at times, what was on Saul's mind. He was a huge help in kingdom building. He was almost like a John the Baptist figure, kind of second. I remember that commercial many years ago. You guys will probably don't remember. Remember, I think it was, I don't know, was it Avis or Hertz commercial or something? I think because Avis was like the top brand and Hertz was the second in command and that commercial was we try harder. But you know, John the Baptist had his time, remember, and he said, you know, I must get smaller, but Jesus must get bigger. It's all about Christ. And in Jonathan's case, he was the one that strengthened David for the position that David would eventually get. He was the one paving the road, so to speak. Now, obviously, we knew that he would be king and God was going to keep him alive, but God uses secondary causes. And Jonathan is a big figure, a huge figure, because Jonathan was saying, someday, put me in the game, David. You know, when you get the kingdom, put me there. Let me work with you. Let me be part of the kingdom. He was so part of the kingdom right then, in the here and now the eyes and ears of David, the encouragement of David, the one that loved him as his own soul, a bond of friendship, a bond of peace. Oh, how Paul longed for the friendships of the true brothers in Christ. Uh, Psalm 133, the, the oil, the olive oil running down Aaron's beard, talking about fellowship, the dew of Mount Hermon refreshing the ground. Jonathan was a huge figure. And yes, he would bow out like John the Baptist as he would get killed with his father Saul. But nonetheless, God used this man mightily. And maybe there's somebody who's a Jonathan. And you may, you know, think about, hey, I'm I want to be this or whatever, and, and that's okay. I mean, 
pray and God is able. I mean, God is able to do. But sometimes, you know, you just kind of, where you're planted, kind of bloom. Be, be where you're at. God may be using you and you may not even know it. I mean, in that case, Jonathan had no idea how much he would strengthen David. Because God never removed David out of the wilderness. But he always had Jonathan meet him in the wilderness. God will always have somebody meet us when we're going through some things, especially when God is shaping us for ministry. You know, so as I start our fourth season on Street Talk Theology, where we bring theology and bring it to the streets, I just wanted to think about a Jonathan, you know, who obviously would be tragically murdered in holy war, would not ever get to the place that he desired to be. But man, God used him mightily. God used him to shape David for kingship. You know, Samuel was a kingmaker. That was his position, Samuel. He anointed kings. But Jonathan was a king groomer. He groomed David for kingship. The way God providentially uses people for his glory, it's just amazing. And sometimes we don't even realize it. We don't realize how God is using us to shape other people. Sometimes God's using other people to shape us. Anyway, just wanted to talk about Jonathan a little bit as we start off our fourth season in Street Talk Theology. Um, so I'm going to go over a couple of uh, books, too. I like to do that because this is kind of an introduction, but I, I kind of, you know, people who want to read good books and maybe good commentaries, and if they're doing any studies, any pastors maybe listening to the show, or maybe new pastors who are debating on what commentaries, on what books to read to help them maybe, maybe with their sermon prep. So I wanted to make a couple of book recommendations, if I may. You know, we talk about, you know, finding the will of God. And, and um, sometimes, so Bruce Watke's got a book called Finding the Will of God, A Pagan Notion. Now, this is a good read, a solid read, because sometimes we almost become, I don't know, like we find the will of God, you know, through just, you know, opening up the Bible and, and, and then pointing to scripture. And so this is, we want to be careful that we don't mix in the world in finding out what's, what is God's will for our life. And this book by Dr. Bruce Watke, Finding the Will of God, A Pagan Notion. And this is, let me just read you the back, maybe to, because this is a good read. For many, trying to discover God's will is a confusing and frustrating process. Some try praying harder, meditating more on his word, living a better life. They think this brief change in lifestyle will somehow force God's hand, allowing them uh, direct access to his will. But, but does God reveal his will to us through feelings and circumstances? If so, how do we determine which emotions and opportunities to trust? Dr. Watke offers a six-step program of guidance that calls Christians to walk close to the Lord and be conformed to his likeness. Only then will we have the heart of God to know what pleases him. You know, and I think about this. So this is a good read. This will give you a biblical perspective on how to find the will of God. Because a lot of people 
are trying to find the will of God, as Dr. Watke says, almost if it was a pagan notion. So we want to be careful. It's a good read, Finding the Will of God, Dr. Bruce Watke. Um, let me see what else I got here. Okay, people in the, like the end time views, I don't know if you do. Um, a millennium, the millennium and beyond, three views on the millennium, millennium and beyond. This book is by Stanley N. Gundry. Uh, he's the series editor, and uh, Daryl Bach is the series editor, edit, general editor, right? So this book is, the contributors here are Craig A. Blazing, Kenneth L. Gentry Jr., and Robert B. Strimple. This will deal with three uh, views on the millennium. And this is a good book. Now, this is a scholarly read, obviously. Um, this will be dealing with the three views, again, on the millennium. Uh, you got the premillennial view, the postmillennial view, and the amillennial view. Um, this book gives each view a forum for presentation, critique, and defense. Besides each contributor's personal perspective, various interpretations of the different positions are discussed in these essays. So it's kind of three essays. I think it's a good read, scholarly read, scholarly read. And let me deal with one, oh, one more. Uh, I said I get to a, a, a commentary. And since I'm studying 1 Samuel, best commentary on 1 Samuel is the book of 1 Samuel by Sumura. And that's the uh, New International Commentary on the Old Testament. This is, a, the, again, the first book of Samuel by Samora, T-S-U-M-U-R-A. Excellent, excellent, practical, but very theological. You don't need a lot of Hebrew, but a little Hebrew will help. It's pretty scholarly uh, commentary. It's helped me a lot. Well, fourth season underway, Street Talk Theology. Uh, spoke a little bit about Jonathan today. Um, did speak to you again. Want to remind you of Eric Johnson coming up next week, introducing Christianity to Mormons. That's the name of the book. Uh, I don't think it comes out until September. I was privileged and honored to get a copy before the first printing comes out. Um, and there's a forward here by uh, Michael Wilder, who I think was a Mormon. But I just started reading this book. Have a lot of questions I'd like to ask Eric Johnson. Listen, look forward for that. I am back teaching this semester in Logos Christian Academy. I have five wonderful students that I'm teaching this year. And, and just a blessing, just a blessing to be able to invest into eighth graders. You know, moving on, that's a huge jump for them as they move from the eighth grade to the ninth grade into in high school. It's a huge jump for them. And because we don't have a, uh, as of yet, a Christian high school here in Casa Grande, though there, there is one in Chandler, but it's really, really expensive. And it's not easy for people to go. So I thank God for Lagos Christian Academy here in Casa Grande, which I am honored to uh, teach there, eighth graders this semester. want to do a little benediction for people uh, listening today. I want to bless the fourth season of Street Talk Theology. May the Lord bless and keep you and shine his light upon you. May the Lord bless and keep this program and shine his light upon this program for God's glory. You know, this is, as we call it, Street Talk Theology. We take theology, bring it to the streets. Hope you enjoyed uh, just something I wanted to come on. Again, we will, you'll have plenty of uh, Pastor Michael Teddy from India. We'll try to get Ashuk back on from India. 
Again, like I said, we'll be getting Eric Johnson in a few weeks and maybe try to get some other people from the Southern Baptist Convention and see how that plays out. A lot of issues and problems there. We'll be continuing to cover those issues. Time's up. Loved hanging with you guys. Um, Again, Christian podcast community. Excellent community of podcasters. Got to go on and, and listen to them. And we can never forget our host station here. We love them. 91.1 FM, Grace, here in Casa Grande. Uh, We thank Al and and Eric for helping me so much on this podcast. With that being said, I want to thank my wife, Rachel, putting up with me. Not easy stuff. Needed a degree just to put up with uh, old Pastor Dominic. Anyway, listen, you know what time it is. Street Talk Theology, where we take theology and we bring it to the streets. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org.